Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. I've got nine days to get ready. Not sure what I'm going to do this year, if I'm going to get her flowers or chocolate or a card. If I get her a card, I imagine it might look something like this one. I love you with all my heart. However, that, that's so old. I mean, I've given those before. I love you with all my heart. And, and I mean, I know it's emotionally, it speaks from the heart, but I thought maybe this year I could do something a little different. So I'm going to go to the stores and I'm going to look for a card that says, I love you with all my brain. I'm not sure how she'll react to that. I love you with all my mind. We are familiar with the text that was read for us as far as the wording that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and our soul. And for the most part, when we hear those two words, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's this emotional connection. There's somehow that I am emotionally connected to something beyond myself. But as Lucy pointed out, Mark decided to shift that. Mark added a word that you will not find in the Hebrew Bible. It's perhaps in the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament. But he adds the word, the mind, to love the Lord your God with your mind. How do you do that? How do you love another human being with your mind? And if you can answer that, I'm not even sure if that would give you the answer to how you are to love God with your mind. Vincent Donovan, a Catholic priest who spent a great deal of time in the mission field, he also wrestled with this idea. And in looking at what he said, I came up with three steps that might help us understand how we can love God with our mind. The quote that I'm referring to from Vincent Donovan says this, Never accept and be content with unanalyzed assumptions. Assumptions about work, assumptions about people, and assumptions about the church or Christianity. There is no question that should not be asked or that is outlawed. The day we are completely satisfied with what we have been doing, the day we have found the perfect, unchangeable system of work, the perfect answer, never in need of being corrected again, on that day we will know that we are wrong, that we have made the greatest mistake of all. So from that reading, I came up with three steps that I will offer for your consideration on how we might love God with our mind. Number one, 
humility which finds itself expressed in curiosity. Humility. Again, listen to what he says at the very beginning. Never accept and be content with unanalyzed assumptions. Now think about that. The view that you have of God more than likely was shaped, was formed by someone else. Perhaps a parent, perhaps a church, perhaps a Sunday school teacher, perhaps friends. The majority of us do not come up with this idea of who God is off of a blank slate. It's usually given to us. Over time, we might modify that, but the reality is, is those ideas that have been given to us can somehow limit our understanding of God. But someone who practices humility is the person who is willing to say, I don't know. It's like Vincent Donovan said, you don't make the assumption that what you believe is correct. You hold it somewhat at bay, wondering what it is. That sense of curiosity, that sense of wonder, creates within us the possibilities of something else. So to assume that we are right about who God is is not an act of humility. But if we do operate from a sense of humility, then that first step in loving God with our mind is one where we just simply admit, I'm not sure who God is. The concept of God, the idea of God, I'm not sure. Now, that doesn't mean that we throw out the idea of God. In fact, it's just the opposite. Because when you are able to say, I'm not sure, then out of that comes curiosity. There's this sense of wonder. I wonder who God is. What is God like? That curiosity encourages us to start thinking about God. You see, if you never say to yourself, I don't know, then you're probably never coming to the point where you're curious about who God is. You already know. But if you don't know, then that creates this sense of curiosity. One writer said the following, as long as you stay curious, you will always have a path to walk. Why is it that thinking about God is so important? Does it really matter? Is it worth your time to stop and set aside a part of a day to actually contemplate who God is? Does it make a difference? There's a lot of people who would say yes. That what we believe about God shapes our lives. 
It shapes how, it shapes how we see ourselves. It shapes how we see other people. It's very formative in establishing our values, our ethics, the principles upon which we abide and live. All of that is grounded in the sense of thinking about God. Some theologians believe it is the most important thing you can do in your life to take the time to think about God. But the reality is that if you are able to say, I'm not sure, and out of that comes a sense of curiosity, and you are willing to begin to think about God, then that will lead to the second step. And that second step is one of courage. Courage to ask questions about God. Again, notice what Vincent Donovan says. There is no question that should not be asked or that is outlawed. There is no question that should not be asked or that is outlawed. I am curious if we believe that. Or perhaps we've been taught that we are not to question or doubt who God is. That faith is supposed to override those questions. That faith is to override those doubts. Because if you start asking questions, what happens if you get the wrong answer? What happens if you conclude that God is something that you ever expected God to be? What if you actually doubt the existence of God because of those questions? Again, one writer said the following, and I love this, this quote, God gave us minds and doesn't mind us using them. God gave us minds and doesn't mind us using them. So if we are to love God with all of our mind, then to be able to ask questions in that pursuit of knowing God and loving God, then to engage the mind seems to me to be only appropriate, which means that we're willing to ask the hard questions. Is God really a loving God? Given some of the stories that we find in the Old Testament, is God a loving God? Why is it that when you read the Old Testament, at the very beginning, God is overly engaged with humanity? God is talking to humanity. God is engaging humanity. God sends visions and dreams. All of that is very active God. He's a very hands-on God. But as you read through the Old Testament, God starts doing this. Stepping back. And you'll find a God who is less active 
who is not as engaged, a God who doesn't speak, a God who doesn't intervene. Why? What does that say about God? What does that tell us about God? You see, the more we contemplate God, the more questions that evolve. I discovered in my life that before I started asking questions about God, I felt like my concept of God was like a castle. And that castle was surrounded by a moat. And it had these large walls. And those walls in that moat was to protect my idea of God. It kept me safe. It kept me comfortable. But it also kind of bored me. Because why, what is there to think about if you already know the answer? But once I started asking those questions, when I realized I don't know, and I became curious to begin the journey of trying to find out who God is for me, then it led me to those questions. And once I started asking those questions, it almost changed that metaphor of of my idea of God being a castle. Instead, my idea of God became like a river, a flowing river that's fluid, that's moving, that's always changing. And so if that's the second step, if the first step is humility, which finds expression in curiosity, and the second step is the courage to ask questions, the third step is the good news of community. You don't have to do this alone. That's why we come together. We come here to worship God. But the reality is that more than likely, each of you have a different understanding of who God is. And that's the value of community. That if we were to trust one another, that if we would allow diversity in how we understand God to exist, that we wouldn't be out to try to change everyone's mind to make them agree with my ideas, but instead we would share with each other. This is where I'm at with God right now. This is how I see God. And if we share that with another person, then we are willing to listen to that other person. And when we share and when we listen, guess what happens? the whole cycle begins again. Because as you share and you listen from others, all of a sudden you realize, I might be wrong. And then you become curious. And out of that curiosity comes questions. And out of those questions brings you back to community. In my mind, I imagine that all of us are on this journey. 
And as fellow travelers, we are journeying together in uncharted territory. We're not sure what we'll find at the end. But when we get insecure, when we feel a little afraid, we have each other. A recent study was done, and the question was asked, why is it that in America we are talking less and less about God? Why is it that more young people are becoming uncertain about even the existence of a God? Could it be that churches for so long were telling people, this is what you need to believe about God, and we never gave people the freedom we never empowered people to love God with their mind. I hope that you have someone in your life that you are making that journey with. I hope that there is someone in this spiritual community that you can trust, that you can have a conversation with, that you can ask the questions about who God is and what God means to us. So today, I encourage you to just sit aside a little bit of time you don't have to hurry and go home and watch the Super Bowl. That's not till next week. But to set aside some time and allow yourself to think about God. And maybe, just maybe, you will find yourself loving God with your mind. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.